when I was in worship, I mean, worship is great, and it's like so perfect for what we're doing today, and it's great. So, uh, but I, I just wanted to share with you something I saw, which is re not really on the topic that I'm going to talk about, but during worship, I saw this huge, you know, the, the, the bales of hay and the stuff that are in circular kinds of things, you know, those, I saw a huge one of those roll in the back door. And it was huge. I mean, it was just like rolling forward. And you know, I believe that God's saying that we're in a time of harvest. And the thing that was, I got thinking about as I saw that rolling forward is when I was young, I used to uh, watch my grandfather bale hay and do that kind of thing. He was, he was a farmer and when it came that season, everybody got together. Like this farmer would go and help this farmer and this farmer would go and help that farmer. And it was a cooperative effort. And there is harvest coming to New Hope. But you're also going to be required to help other places. The harvest is for the area. Just wanted to say that, but there is a harvest coming in. It's big. So get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> All right, so... When I was, uh, you know, we are a lot about talking about the kingdom. We sing about it. We pray about it. Amen. We talk about it. We're it. <laughs> we, do, <laughs> we do all this kind of thing. And so why, when I was thinking about it, you know, I'm going, uh, God, what is it that I love about the kingdom? And we talk about, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, do whatever you've done, you know, whatever you've been given, you give freely. It's absolutely right. We love it. It's fun. We're in it for a good time as well as seeing the harvest come in. And so, but one of the things, you know, when you're going to go do something remarkable, you need several things. You really need some things. Yes, you know, if I say, you know, get up and do this great thing, you go, okay, I'm in, I want to do it. But there are some things that we need that we have a supply for. One of the things that we need is we need an identity that works for us. If somebody says to me, go teach at Roberts Wesleyan College, I have to have an identity as a teacher. If my identity is the one that cleans the bathroom, it probably won't work. Not that that's a bad thing, but I need the identity that I'm called to do. You need an identity. I need motivation. I need somebody to back me up. I might need backup financially. I might, might need backup in training, lots of things. I need somebody to teach me how to get to that place. I need power, and I need the understanding of what are the purposes and the goals. And here's the deal. We have someone like that in the kingdom. Guess who it is? It's the king. The king brings you a sense of identity as a child of God, and he does it in any number of ways. It's not just one way, but he does influence and kind of takes over and says, I, I'll tell you, it's always changing too. The, right. the, the feeling of your identity shifts and who you are in situations, and we should always be saying, Lord, what is the identity you have for me, either in this situation, or what is this about at this particular time in my history and in the history of the church or whatever you're a part of? 
Also, he gives me motivation because he says anything's possible. I'm backing you up. I'm going to teach you. That's my name. I'm the Holy Spirit. I've given you power. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you understanding of purpose and goals. I've given you the word of God. And so we worship. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's really quite wonderful. So what I did was, as I was thinking about this, that the thing about the kingdom is the king. That is, we worship, you know, we love it, and we just, you know, he's the king, and we stand there, and we talk about it, and we sing about it, because it's perfectly appropriate. In heaven, there's worship for the king. So that's what we want to talk about. And what I did was I took the book of Revelation, and we're going to go through the entire thing this morning. I'm kidding. (laughs) Not. But I chose some key passages that describe the king that are meant to change or to influence your identity. That are meant to give you courage and power because you've got a king backing you up. And when you know who he is and that he's totally for you, and he is, it's amazing. It's not just this thing of like, I know know people, they get stressed out if they have to talk about the Lord in some public place. What am I going to do? I can't do it. It's just not me. God changes your identity and says, you're mine. You totally can do this. That's right. There's a shift happening. So we want to walk through some of those things together. So if you want to look in your Bible, you feel free. It's not going to be up there. My suggestion is you write these scriptures down and that you meditate on them. What do we mean by meditate? It means you think about them. You apply them to yourself. You say, this is mine. This is who God is for me. This is what it looks like on me. This is what it looks like for God. If I'm influenced by the King of Kings and I see him clearly, you cannot help but be changed. Amen. It's going to happen. So the first one, and this is like straight through, not all of it, obviously, but we're starting at the beginning and we're coming to the end of the, and going, walking through the descriptions of who the King is. The first one is found in Revelation 1, 4 through 8. And I'm going to read it for you first, and then I'm going to go back and give you some key things. Love these verses, so I want to read them because I just think they're wonderful. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come from the seven spirits who are before the throne of God. Love these descriptions. Please, as you're doing this, try to picture it. I mean, I don't know how to picture the seven spirits from the throne of God, but boy, I sure can give it a shot. It's an amazing place. It's not earthly, but it's wonderful to imagine. And faithful rule... Rule, I'm sorry, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In that section, we see who is, who was, and is to come. 
He's eternal. He's in it for the long haul. He saw you before your birth. He sees you now. He sees you when. He's, go he's totally in your future. He never quits. He never stops. He loves you no matter what. When he chose you and said, I love this person. I've chosen them to be mine. It was an eternal thing, a non-stopping thing. It will never, ever stop. He is eternal. His plans for you, his gifts, and his calling for you will never stop. They never did. If you look back, you will see influences of stuff that he's doing in you now, way back when, believe me, it's only going to grow for your future. He is eternal. Who was, is, who was, and who is to come. You take that for a while and you just say, I, I, you know, I don't even know how to preach this sermon honestly. I got the stuff. But here's the deal. As I'm, as I'm doing this work and I'm sitting and I'm meditating and as even some of us got together to worship one night this week and who is and who was and who is to come. He is. I mean, one of, one of the things I was, I was working out this week and I was in my living room doing a rigmarole. That, does, that part doesn't really matter. But I'm there, and often when I'm working out or doing something, I also pray. I'll pray in the Spirit. Um, I ask God questions. You know, you just do stuff. If you don't have to count something, then you just do stuff. So I'm working out, and I'm thinking about, because I'm praying for my mom, and I pray for different people, and I'm saying, he bore all our sicknesses and carried all our diseases. I'm picturing him on the cross saying he did it all. Then I'm thinking back into the Old Testament where they looked at the pole where they had put up a serpent and if they looked at that, they got healed. So, I mean, healing started a long time ago. So I'm thinking about that and I'm just, you know, working away and I'm thinking about this and I'm saying thank you that you bore all our sicknesses, carried all our diseases. Thank you for doing it for mom. Thank you. You know, I'm just thanking him. And it was like he was behind me and he said, I'm here. Who was, who is. And I had this sense, I'm going, that's right. You are the resurrected Lord. The power of what happened on the cross shows in the resurrection. He is alive now and ever lives to make intercession for us and plans on fulfilling his own will when he stated it back then. And he is with us right now. Amen. Who is and who is to come? That means like some, sometimes we go, if I don't see it today, then I, bummer, you know, whatever. No, who was, who is, and I got tons of stuff yet to come. Eternal. The king is eternal. Love this too. He is the faithful ruler over rulers. This is so cool, you know. He's like over all the kings of the earth. And I'm like going, you know, we get in such a dither. What are we going to do? This rotten ruler over here or over there or what's going on with this particular leader? What is happening? And we do need to pray. However, sometimes we freak out as if they were God. And let me tell you, they aren't. Jesus is king. He's the ruler over rulers. Therefore, when we go to God, we say, wait a minute, I'm going to the top person. And he's more than a person. He's God. So we're going beyond that. And that's who he is for us. Also, this is so cool. He, he loves to make us qualified. He loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Right. 
I mean, we are such winners. It's amazing. He loves to make you qualified to do whatever he's called you to do. Make you qualified in the kingdom. Says over you, not guilty. This is not just for people that aren't Christians. Some of us pick up a bunch of guilt in the morning. You need to drop it right at the beginning. Skip it. Also, he's made us kings and priests. In other words, he loves calling us co-inheritors and to have dominion as kings. That's the king piece. Authority, dominion in him. And he's caused us to be priests, which means we intercede before the throne of God in power because we're chosen to be priests. God listened to the priests in the Old Testament. He listens to us now. That's the deal. Kings and priests. He made it so. We're not doing this, oh God, please make us kings. No, he already did this. It's who he is. And who you're to be, you're, you're supposed to know, this is who I am. Then I love this, it goes on and it says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. He has finished, and he's yet to finish, and he is yet coming. There is a looking forward. He is coming with the clouds. He's the king. You, you get it? He's, he's, God is no way a loser or do we come in and less than thing. The world would like to tell us, you know, they're Christians, they're dogmatic, they're weird, they're this, they're whatever. He is the king and he's coming as a king. Then finally at the end of that section, it says, even so, Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, and again. And when it repeats it again at the end of a section, it signifies some kind of importance. Who is, who was, and who is to come. That's a provision for you. It's not just this theological thing for you. He is, he was, and he is yet to come. There is no end with God. There's not a breath, not a day, not a single thing. Even when you die, that's still, you just go through death, you enter the hell. It's it's never, never, never ending. He will never give up on you. He doesn't quit. He just won't. That's not who he is. Who he is, is everlasting. Revelation 3.21 This is what I tried to do was find things that God wants. And so I put here, he longs for co-ruling. He gives us encouragement to overcome. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. I just love this. You know, isn't that a fun thought? I need a friend. Susie, you're my friend. Come here. Okay, so here's my throne. He's asked me to come. (laughs) You get it? Sit with me on my throne. You rule with me. But we rule with God. You probably can't hear me anymore, can you? We rule out of a place of love and being able to hear. No, I'm kidding. Of love and intimacy closeness. When you're this close, if I said to you, 
She knows. She absolutely can hear its closeness, its co-ruling. If I said, Susie, now I'd like you to go um, smack Ralph upside the head. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if I said for her to do something, she would be in that place to do it. And not only does she do that, but when she goes, God travels along. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, you rule from the throne, but then he walks with you, beside you, in you. <laughs> and so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Revelation 4, 1 through 5. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things that must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne, and one sat on the throne. Now, I'm just going to do that first section first. The thing that struck, him, struck me here is he looked into heaven, and he saw a door standing open. The door's open for you. The door's open to come before the king. The door is open to do what he's called you to do. There's a door standing open for you in heaven. It's open. You can go in. Isn't that good? Amen. Love it. And then it says, I'll show you the things that must take place after this. This is not just for a prophet. This is for, I'm going to show you the things that are going to happen. I'm go God, the, the, the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Hello. Amen. Do you have the spirit of Jesus? He wants to show you things to come. Not everything. We don't enter the sphere of fortune telling particularly, which I've said before. But he does show you what's about to come. He says, come up here. I love that. And then... The thing he does is he says, come up here, I'll show you things to come, is he reveals himself. And I saw one sitting on the throne. Right. It's who. It's not just, here's your call, you need to do this, although I love that stuff. I love knowing what the call is. I love prophesying calls over people. I love all that stuff. But basically, if you get the call and you don't get the person, you're powerless to fulfill your call. Right. You gotta have both, and the backing is the person. And then it has this great description of the one on the throne, and I'm not going to go do all the symbolism of it, but basically we see the glory of the king, we see his promise, we see mystery, we see holiness, we see majesty and rule, and a God who speaks with wonders and with a voice. And this says, he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. We don't think of people looking like precious stones, but that was it. That was what he, how he described him. And there was a rainbow around the throne. Sign of covenant, sign of promise, a rainbow around the throne. In appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their head, and from the throne proceeding lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Again, we could go deeper into that, but it's an amazing thing. God has a sense of government. That's one of the things that happened. His sense of government, therefore the rules. But 
there is all this supernatural, lightning, thunderings, voices, seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. It's an amazing, and you need to spend time there. You know why? Not because you get it all or you not necessarily know what to do with it, but you meditate on him who sits on the throne, and he does meet you. Even if it seems a little vague sometimes, it works. The four living creatures that had six wings full of eyes and around and within and did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him, who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Love this kind of thing, continual worship. No problem with repetition. Holy is the Lord. Now listen. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord. Holy. Holy worthy. You're holy. You get it? Repetition changes the atmosphere. There's a reason to do it. It's not stating an intellectual fact. It is an intellectual fact, but it's meant to address spirit, us as whole people, and it's meant to speak a change into the universe. We see more worship in Revelation 5, 8, and 10, and it talks about the four living creatures falling before the Lamb, and they have a harp and bowls full of incense and prayers of the saints, and the song they sing says, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. every tribe and tongue and people and nation and made us kings and priests. We said that before. And we shall reign in the millennium. That's not what it says. Right. And we shall reign when? Now. We're practicing now. We're going to gain in authority, gain in our ability to do things, but who is, who was, and who is to come. There's a training going on. How does that look? And it is on the earth. Amen. And we, ha- we are in training. It's really quite amazing and wonderful, but that is God's design, king and priest. Amen. You rule and you pray a lot. <laughs> in Revelation 7... Love this. After these things, starting at verse 9, 
After these things I look and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Here's the deal. Out of this, you know there's a number of things you could get, so I'm only giving you what I got. Because you could spend days. I mean, uh, but here's what I, I really sense as I was looking at that description and the thing that kept coming back in different verses out of every tribe, every nation, every people that there's going to be in the days to come an international move of God. It's coming. Sometimes we see things and wow, that's just, that's just going to hell in a handbasket. This isn't working. This is awful. No, God says in the last days, there is going to be a move of God because every nation, every tribe, every people, so we keep saying it, we keep believing it, we keep walking it out. When we see somebody different with us, we say, we got your tribe covered. And I'm not talking about some tribe, some Native American tribe or something. I'm talking, we see people from different groups of people. God's got that tribe. He does other people, literally, tribes and nations. But somebody different than us, he's got that tribe covered. There will be a move of God in every tribe, every nation, every people group. God hasn't forgotten any people group. He's heard the prayers of his people. There are people that pray daily for countries and people groups, and God hears those prayers. We don't know always what it looks like and when we'll get there, but God is faithful. That's why he has people praying. Every tribe and nation. We see later, one of the elders said, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now that's a king you want to serve. Here's the deal. You will be persecuted. I'm not trying to be negative here. And I don't know what that looks like. But it's in the Bible. But there's overcoming victory in it. That's what he describes these people. They've come out of the great tribulation, washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Service is a big deal to God. He's created you to serve. They serve him day and night. It's their delight. He sits on the throne, but he dwells among them. It's not far removed. I could not get in to see Queen Elizabeth and ask to just sit with her someplace. 
It would never happen. I, it's just like, as you well know, it cannot happen. Can't do it. I mean, I wouldn't be called on to serve her. I couldn't sit with her. None of that stuff. But the king of kings says yes. Then they won't hunger or thirst anymore, nor will the sun strike them, nor any heat. Because the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, and lead them. Last time I talked, we talked about leading. This is God's promise, and he'll wipe away every tear from your eyes. So if you cry today, God Almighty has this amazing box of Kleenex. It says he treasures your tears in a bottle, but he has this wonderful way of comforting you. He'll wipe away every tear from your eyes. If you're suffering today, His intent is to see that change, to see you comforted, to see a shift for you personally. It's absolutely the truth. That's who he is. That's why meditating on these things is so encouraging. It's who God is. You you don't deserve it. None of us do. But he paid a price. He shed his blood so that he could call you clean no matter what so that he could say they're mine, they're my kings and priests. You may think they're messy, but they are so mine. So my kids. So those that sit on a throne with me. So those that worship. So those that serve. It's just, it's really wonderful. And then, I put this in because it's in the Hallelujah Chorus, and I like it. (laughs) The kingdoms of this world Think about it. What are the kingdoms of this world? Syria, Israel, Egypt. If, I'm Syri- you know, you think about problems, where there are problems. What are, the, what are the, the kingdoms of this world? Prophetic word, great one. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he, the king, shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Isn't that the best news? Takes a little like, oh, that's good. Doesn't mean we don't care and we should do nothing. It means we're coming to God and to this world with identity of a king over us who adopted us. It means we come in power. It means we come with a call on our lives. You get it? Isn't it great? I love it. Anyway, so... And then we have a sort of like a visual summary of who he is. Again, I'm not doing all of the uh, symbolism because I don't have time to do all that sort of thing today. But it says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on him was called faithful and true. What does that mean to you? He won't fail. His promises are good forever. Faithful true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. The systems fail us, but not God. His eyes are like a flame of fire. Hard to picture. Purity, passion, warmth, seeing, knowing, loving you. And on his head were many crowns. 
Many, many crowns. How many battles has God won for you? How many battles has he won on the earth? How many battles will he win? Crown after crown after crown after crown after crown. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. I don't know that name. It says no one knew except himself. However, he is wonderful and his name is meaningful. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. Constant reminder, the blood stands for you. The covenant for all eternity is good. He's wearing that robe. He doesn't just leave it stuck in a closet someplace where he doesn't know that the blood stands for you. He wears it before the before God the Father. It's just wonderful. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. There's a place for you to follow him doing the same stuff he does. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. You know, you can freak out over this, but he will bring things into line. He hates evil. And he has written on his robe, well, I'm sorry, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is who we're about. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He will never fail. He will never forsake. I know. I'm really trying. I don't know how other than to just say it and believe that the power of the word says, yes, it's who he is to cut through the junk for all of us. Yeah. So we begin to function in the authority and the power he means for us. He is a God who is with us. He is the God who comforts. He's the God who heals. He's the God who satisfies. He is the God who has the first and the last word. And he's a God of encouragement. I think those are pretty wonderful things about God. It says later, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And he shall, they shall be his people. That's amazing that God would dwell with us. He is alive and he dwells with us. There is no other God like that. Anybody right. seen Buddha around lately? Or whoever? He dwells with us. Have you seen evidence of God around lately? Yeah, we have. He'll be with us. He wipes away every tear. In the end, there will be no death, no sorrow, no crying, no more pain. Former things will pass away. He who sits on the throne says, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write the response. This was what he wanted John to do. He says, write this, for these words are true and faithful. You might want to write some of these words down for yourself. Why? Because you have a Bible. You could just read it. But when you write, something actually happens in the brain from writing it. 
for real. I've done this kind of thing, copied yeah. scripture after scripture, written it in my neatest penmanship, and my penmanship is not neat. It's not the speed. It's getting it in your heart and in your brain. Sometimes it's good to copy it. And then, I love this, after all these descriptions, he said, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Lord, smite your people with extreme thirst. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. Amazing. And I will be his God and he shall be my son or daughter. Isn't that good news? It is just the best news. Now we're going to do something else. And I'm going to take time to do this. Hope it's okay. But I, you know, when I do this, I needed some way for you to be able to respond in your heart, because I don't want this to be an intellectual lecture, or it's not as good as it could be. So I found this thing on YouTube, and basically I want you to think it in light of the King of Kings and what he says, this basically is how he feels about you. And I'd just like you to sit and meditate if you're like desperate parent and you've gotta go, go. But you know what, this is a good time. If you can sit this one out, you will benefit from it. So try to do it and if it feels too long, then I'll move on. But I want you at least to catch the first part. So can you play that for us, please? You, sh- you can shut your eyes, you can watch it. Majesty of God on it, see what we can do. Can you make it big? have an amazing king and he adores you I'm going to pray for you and then we'll have the prayer teams come up and you can go to the cafe whatever you need to do but I just pray in the name of the king of kings Jesus Christ who gave his blood so that you could know the king so you could identify with the king, so you could walk in power. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts. Give us ears to hear. Revelation after revelation after revelation. To be as you called us to be like you, kings and priests, because we have a king who is faithful and true, and we can count on every time. 
Lord, we receive the blessings that you spoke over us this morning in your word. We just receive it and we thank you. Make it real. Lord, not just to our brains, but to our hearts and to every part of our being. In Jesus' name, amen.